We all would like to think that we know where we are going and how to get there. But at every stage in life, we need divine direction. God has promised to guide us if we simply follow. The fifth and final section of Psalms are referred to as Deuteronomy Psalms because they remind us to keep returning to the truth of God's Word. Join us as we study them with Scott Pauley today. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is how David begins Psalm 133. And by the way, there's an exclamation point after that verse. He's pretty excited about it. He's exercised about it. And here is one of the keys to the verse. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren, brethren to dwell together in unity. This is a family psalm. It is a word for the brethren, a psalm of real brotherhood. And the principle in Psalm 133 is that our Heavenly Father wants there to be unity among His children. As a dad, let me tell you that there's nothing more aggravating and annoying than when the children can't get along. Well, if that's true in your house and my house, how much more do you think our perfect Father thinks that? You see, you can be brethren without being one. If you don't believe that, look at Cain and Abel. Look at Joseph's brothers and how they treated him. You can be in the family of God. You can have the same father and not get along. Someone said that many churches today are more like goat pens than sheepfolds because everybody's always butting heads all the time. It's not supposed to be that way. No, we're contending for the faith, but we're not supposed to be contentious with the family. No, there's to be unity among the people of God. Uh, we are to be filled with God's love and be peacemakers. Now, this unity, of course, has to be centered on truth. Uh, so we're not, uh, we're not suggesting here that we just get along uh, just for the sake of unity. We're saying here that there ought to be unity among those who believe God's truth so that the truth can march forward, so that the cause of Christ can advance. You'll remember that Psalm 133 is a psalm of degrees. In fact, it is number 14 of the 15. And that's really interesting to me because you get this idea of them ascending up the Temple Mount to worship and the closer they got to the sanctuary, the closer they got to the presence of God, the more this unity is seen. I'm thinking now of the book of Acts in the New Testament because they were of one mind, they were of one accord. When you get in the place of prayer, when you get in the spirit of worship, when you come into the presence of a holy God, you're not fighting with one another anymore. When you are conscious of God's nearness, then you stop all the conflict with one another over petty things. We know this is a psalm of David. We don't know exactly when he wrote it. Was it after war with Saul? Was it after Absalom's rebellion? Was it after all the people came with one heart to make him king? Or after the ark returned? We don't know exactly. But I know this, when you're after God's heart, you rejoice in what makes God happy. And David understood that the thing that brought the Lord the greatest joy and brought blessing to the Father was unity among the children. Now, there are only three verses in Psalm 133, and they give us three wonderful truths. In verse number one, we find the basis for this unity among the brethren, and the basis is we're part of the same family. Look, there's a reunion, a family reunion, getting planned right now at the Father's house. Soon, we're all going to be there together. Isn't that going to be glorious? Don't you think it might be good if the family members started getting along a little better now, before we get there? 
Uh, friend, you're in the presence of the Father today. And so start treating other believers like children of God and not like the enemy. The enemy's the devil, not one another. So the basis for the unity is the fact that we are brethren. Verse number two shows us the beauty of this unity. It says it's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. He said it's a beautiful thing. In fact, the word pleasant in verse 1 literally means attractive. I wonder if our Christianity is really attractive to others. I don't mean by that that we make men the goal. I mean by that that when God has His rightful place in our lives, it's the most beautiful thing you could ever imagine. And lost people look at true believers who are filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and they desire that. It's what the New Testament calls adorning the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now, the Lord uses a, an amazing object lesson of this beauty. He says the precious ointment. What is this precious ointment? Well, it's olive oil. We know in Scripture that olive oil was a picture of the Holy Spirit and His joy. This is a, this is a spiritual matter. Uh, some people are more abrasive than others. Let's just think about it that way for a moment. There are different personalities among us all, and some people can be more contentious than others by nature. Uh, but we're not talking about personality. We're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in your life, like the precious ointment. And notice, poured upon the head. Now, why is that significant? Well, in the Old Testament, uh, when the high priest was anointed at his installation, they literally would, would pour this oil upon his head. It's a beautiful thought here. Not, not sprinkled, but they would empty the vessel, abundance, extravagance upon the head of the high priest, so much so that it would run down on his beard and it would go all the way down to the skirts of his garments. Well, let me ask you a question. Who is our head? Who is our high priest? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jesus. The Holy Spirit was given without measure to the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. John chapter 3, verse number 34. Our high priest has been anointed by the Holy Spirit. But now watch. The precious ointment is poured upon the head, but it runs down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. It goes down to the skirts of his garments. In other words, it runs down to every member of the body. It begins to perfume all of our lives. Isn't this wonderful? The Holy Spirit, who was given without measure to our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, has now been given to every one of us. He runs down from Christ to touch all of our lives. And I want to say to you that the oil of the Holy Spirit will bring such a fragrance and beauty to your life. It'll put away all conflict and contention with the brethren. It will stop needless fighting and uh, silliness and pettiness. It puts all of that away because suddenly the Holy Spirit brings you into union with God and with His people. It's beautiful to see uh, this unity that only the Holy Spirit can bring. And so we come to verse number 3 where he shows us not only the basis for this unity and the beauty of it, but then the blessing of it. He gives another object lesson. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Do you want the blessing? Well, he says the blessing of this, this unity of the Holy Spirit is represented by the dew. What is the dew? The dew is gentle. The dew is mysterious. And the dew is refreshing. Sounds a lot like the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, doesn't it? He says this dew is the dew of Hermon, and it descended upon the mountains of Zion. Geographically, Hermon was in the east, Zion was in the west, 
The idea here is there's a beautiful unity that's spread like a blanket. It covers all. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is how the Lord Jesus Christ could take 12 men who had little in common, fishermen and tax collectors from different cities, uh, different personalities, uh, laid-back people like Andrew and outspoken people like Peter, uh, people with different affiliation like Simon the Zealot, and he could bring them all together in one. You see, this unity begins with one person, and this is the person of Jesus Christ. He's the one who brings us into the family. He's the one who brings us to the Father. And only Jesus Christ can put aside these needless divisions among God's people and bring the unity that exemplifies the glory of our God. Could I remind you that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been one forevermore, the triune God. And that is exactly what God wants for every member of His family. This is a word for the brethren. Lay aside the the needless arguments and griping and fussing and criticizing today. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If you have been helped by today's Bible study, we would love to hear from you. You may connect with us or access the archive of all of the psalm studies online at scottpauley.org. It is our prayer that the Lord will continue to lead your life and that you will continue to follow. This is the only way to enjoy the journey. Thank you.